You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Hey investors, Bradley here, excited to bring you another podcast. And today we're gonna talk about rent rates here in the GTA, Toronto continues to sit as the most expensive place to rent in Canada, but this isn't the whole story. We're experiencing big changes in 2020. I want to cover some of those with you today. And I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel for renters, but also it, I wanted to address this for all of you out there as investors to uh, try and summarize what this means for your investment, what this means for the GTA market moving forward. Now, before I get started, I really want to jump into um, some of the headlines that we've seen lately. I saw an article uh, from The Star. Uh, the article reads this, condo prices are set to put many investors in the red as rents fail to meet carrying costs, experts warn. So what is expected for the rent rates in 2020? And is it still a lucrative business model for investors um, putting their money into the Toronto market? Articles like those, I really am not a big fan. I've been publishing content on um, various social media platforms for years, warning people about what it would mean in order for you to get a positive cash flow, and it's getting extremely difficult. So when I see articles like this, I say my that ship has already sailed. If you're now telling people that they're going to be in the red if you're purchasing properties in Toronto, then you've missed the boat. That's been an issue for a long time. And that's why we have channels like this in order to try and educate people so that you're um, fully informed entering the market on how is it that we're going to be in the black and being successful in our investment. But as you kind of listen to this podcast and you listen to what's happening for a lot of these uh, developers and some of the incentives that are out there, you'll realize very quickly that they think it's lucrative and they want to be a part of it. And so if we're reading articles like this and we're running the other direction, we're going to get left behind in one of the fastest growing cities in North America. So let me get into some of the fun facts for you. Um, kind of where I want to start here is talking about how the rents in Toronto are uh, similar to what we see across the country and where we kind of stand on the list. So I already kind of spilled the beans. Toronto is the most expensive place. And uh, there was an article by the Daily Hive that actually outlines um, the figures and the top 10 across the country. You'll be surprised how many are in the GTA. And, uh, and so I'm going to go through those right now. This, was a, this article was published uh, mid-February. So Toronto, a one-bedroom condo in Toronto rents for $2,300. Now, that shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that kind of follows the market. Uh, that is a very quick growth that we've seen. But, um, of course, we'll get into what that, what's going to happen to that in the future. But it shouldn't be a surprise um, for any of you that are investing in GTA. You definitely know or should have at least some kind of understanding as you're getting feelers in the market what the rent rates are here. Now, um, in close second, I'd say is Vancouver here. We can see on this list, it's $21.50. So about $150 off. Um, so depending on where Vancouver is on the price perspective, I'd say that they should be getting more red flags than we should. Um, but I guess we're both very similar. They both have um, pretty high rents, but relative to purchase prices, maybe not so much. Now, uh, the third, fourth, and uh, fifth spots are in uh, BC. So we got Burnaby, Victoria, uh, actually, sorry, Montreal as well is, is number five. Uh, then back in Ontario, Barrie is number six. Barrie's rent is 1450 
very interesting place, the, the fluctuations in rent we've seen in Barrie, but uh, they're sitting in sixth place as of today. Uh, Ottawa in, in Kelowna come in uh, seven and eight. Kitchener, Ontario at uh, 1320. Um, so they're, they're up there. Again, even from the ninth to the first spot, if you think about it, that's $1,000 price difference. Big, quite, a, quite a big spread uh, for the city. And then tied in 10th place is uh, both Hamilton and Oshawa. And I love that because they're kind of just like the east and west. Um, and uh, 13 10. So they're sitting right behind Kitchener as well. So that's kind of where we stand. But as mentioned, Toronto sits as quite a front runner in the, the height of their, uh, their rental market. And a fun fact as well, um, in St. John's, Newfoundland, you can rent a one-bedroom uh, apartment for $820 or a two-bedroom for $850. So you can get a buddy and charge them $30 rent and you can live in a two-unit, two-bedroom two unit. So I want to get into uh, today what will happen to the rent rates in Toronto. And I want to, before I guess I dive into this, even in that article, that Daily Hive article, we see that the Toronto rents really haven't changed over the last year. So in Toronto, as an example, one bedroom stayed flat in 20, at $2,300, but the two bedroom spots actually increased by only 1% to 2980 from 2019. So we've actually seen a very flat rent year or year for rentals uh, in Toronto. Now, there's a, a, a few things that would cause this, and I want to kind of dig a little bit here, and I want to get um, more information to you guys on why is it that even as I predicted, and I'll share a video that I did and what my prediction was for 2020 on the rent rates and, and what we've seen, and, and it's come out as a better scenario for the renter, meaning less increase than even I thought. Um, now, there's a few things that have caused this. First off is no rent control. Anybody that tells me rent control will protect the tenant, they they either don't know what they're they're talking about or they've just they don't have history backing them up. There's no evidence of rent control um, helping, uh, maybe on a short term basis, on an individual case by case basis, but from a macro perspective, in every case it has an adverse effect on rent rates. And so, why I bring this up is because rent rates have been rolled back. Uh, sorry, rent controls have been rolled back. Now we're seeing a little bit more stability in the rent rates. And, and this is kind of leading to, to what we're seeing. We're also seeing massive spending by um, the government in order to encourage de uh, the development of affordable housing and the supply of rentals. So in 2017, the Liberal government introduced a $2.5 billion CMHC-backed program. They offered, what they did is they offered a low interest rate, uh, long-term loan, a 10-year loan, with rates of 1.5 3%. And uh, it's doing so well, they've actually helped fund 12,000 new rentals across uh, the country. And they're expanding that program now by 2028, so eight years from now, from, as I said, 2.5 billion to 14 billion. So because it's working so well, they're continuing to fund this thing and it's actually gonna help development like crazy. And of course, Toronto being one of the Places that have the spotlight on it for rent is just the subject of so much of that investment. And so this is a really good thing for the renter. And I think this might be where there's some fears coming in for, for landlords. But at the same time, as these guys are developing these projects, what they're then doing is turning around and renting them. So the developers are getting into the long-term rental market as well. They're, they're holding these investments once they build them. 
Um, and so what's happening is, is new builders are actually turning themselves into um, builders of rental units. And, uh, and the reason for that and part of this whole mix is a few things. One, the product can go out some, so much faster than condos. There's no long-term process of, of, uh, of getting these approvals, getting the number of units sold in order to build. Another thing is the costs are so much lower. You don't have to pay for sales and marketing and management. There's just so many more um, barriers to entry for the condos that we're no longer seeing um, in this scenario. So these are all reasons to kind of get away from it. And on top of the investment the government is making and builders are finding there's now an opportunity for long-term renting beyond the profit of only the build. Now is the point I was trying to make. Um, we, we think that builders are there to build and, and in some cases they are, but really they're there to make money and they're going to go where the money is and they are seeing money in long-term renting beyond the build itself. And this is the point, and this is why I brought that up as an article, is don't be freaked out by headlines that seem like this is making this the worst thing ever because if a guy with a lot of money is prepared to do it and is prepared to do that in place of using their money to develop other projects in an environment that really encourages more development, then maybe there's an opportunity for us as smaller investors, as local investors, and even a few properties um, it's still an awesome opportunity to get involved in a growing, quickly growing real estate market. But also another reason for the developers kind of running in is this increasing supply, or sorry, this isn't related to the developers, but this is speaking to um, the number of units and why rents aren't going up at the scale they are going up at, um, why they've really just come to a, a straight halt. Now, looking at Airbnbs, this is the point, there are 6,500 short-term rentals that could potentially come back onto the rental market that were that had ran that ran away because of the uh, really strict criteria, and they all kind of fled to the Airbnb segment or, or short-term rentals. But as the short-term rentals are kind of being put in the spotlight now and being shut down, in many cases, in most cases, are illegal in Toronto. It's leading people to have to bring them back into the long-term rental market, which is of course, great for the renter and of course is much needed because the number of renters is just so high. So I also want to get into talking about the quality of the buildings for rentals because there is this huge stigma that exists that rental apartments are kind of mangy and gross and they all have cockroaches and they're disgusting. Um, my wife, Sandra, during university lived in Toronto uh, near Young and Dundas. She went to Ryerson University and she lived in a building that was infested with cockroaches. And I mean, we weren't, we didn't have money. She was, she was just a student trying to get by and she did what she had to do, but it was not a great place to be. And, and that is the perspective that a lot of people have for every rental unit. And in many cases, it's true, um, which I guess is kind of why it exists. But I want to give you examples of some of these new buildings that are coming in the market as the developers are putting out new product. They look very different. So the Livemore Project, um, they're a, a 43-story, 595-unit tower in downtown Toronto, purpose-built. They have a unique mix of amenities, and I want to share with you some of the amenities in this building. When I read these out, it's going to sound like I'm reading from a condo. They have a two-story sky lounge on the 26th floor, an outdoor terrace on the fifth floor, uh, a gym fitness area that's a 3,000 square feet, a yoga um, aerobic studio, party rooms for private functions with kitchen, with kitchen facilities, a theater screening room, a games room, and even, check this out, a dog spa, an outdoor dog area on the fifth floor. Those are awesome amenities for a purpose-built rental. And, uh, and this is going to be, this is going to continue to be the case. They're trying, because the builders aren't just 
building them and then you're going to throw them out in the market. They want them to be something that entices renters to come to them. And so they're actually very well-built buildings with amenities that are comparable to condominiums that we see. Uh, now I did do, and I, I mentioned I was going to talk about a video where I had done a prediction on the rental rates. The video was called rental prices have slowed down in Toronto plus vacancy rates in 2019. Um, and I will play a segment of that right now. And good news for tenants, we are finally seeing some stability as far as rent, rent increases go, and we can expect it to be under 5% this year. Again, I'm sorry if you're hoping it goes down, that's just not the way it's gonna work, but fortunately for you, you're not gonna see these ridiculous increases we've seen over the last few years. So as you can see, we actually have totally outperformed that. We've, we've remained almost a completely flat rent prices uh, rate. And uh, so even my predictions were wrong and this worked out in favor of the renter. And that entire video was, uh, was speaking to the fact that things are going to slow down. So I knew it would slow down, but it slowed down even further than I thought. And uh, overall, prices are staying high in the GTA. And so this is kind of causing that kind of conflict. But the reality is that there's approximately 22,000 new renters to Toronto every single year. And uh, according to an RBC Economics report, they uh, we would have to expand our rental stock by 26,800 units over the next few years in order to catch up to the current backlog. So there is this need for this development. And um, so far, they seem to be answering the call because rent rates aren't going up. So hopefully that continues because nobody wants to see, at least I, I as an investor, don't even want to see rent rates go through the roof. Rent rates, in all honesty, do not increase at the speed of property values. So anyone that thinks, oh, well, you're losing money and whatever, every single year, regardless, we're kind of losing money as the city continues to grow because the development, the growth rate in... Uh, in, a, in the greater Toronto area for property values is just so much higher than the rent rate increases. Even though the rent rate increases seem high, um, they're, they're, not, they're not keeping pace. So, so, so the reality is, as I sit back and I think, you know what, I don't want rent rates to keep going through the roof. That's not fair. We want to be able to allow housing for everyone in the city. And so I do think it's important that these guys fill that in. The vacancy rate is very low in Toronto and it will continue to be very low for years to come. There's an amazing opportunity where we don't need to, to overstretch it or to hope, uh, have ill will on someone else because of the money that we want in our pockets. Anyways, um, hopefully you guys see the opportunity that I see. And uh, if you guys ever have any questions about investing in the GTA or investing in Toronto, feel free to, uh, to send me a message. My information is splattered all over the internet and uh, I'm not trying to be a person that's difficult to find. I want you to be able to find me and ask questions. And I'm going to leave the podcast there and I'll see you next time. Take care and keep it real.